Hello, hello. Well, hello. How goes it? How's it going? I beat you to it. You tell me first. Yeah. All right. <laughs> it's going well. I'm um, I'm having this interesting mix of emotions. Yeah? Uh, yeah. They're mostly positive, but things are a little crazy, honestly. Hmm. Like, yeah. is this, this is like a good problem to have type of crazy? Like, a lot going on? Yeah, I would say. I would say it is. It's like my calendar is packed full of things and we're getting more emails and more people and more trials and it's just, it, it feels nuts, but it feels like, it feels like things are working. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, congrats. That's a good, that's a good spot to be in. Thank you. Yeah. feels good. I'm happy to dig into a bunch of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, how you doing? Um, same. Like I feel, I feel pretty good overall, but I've had, um, started the onboarding calls this week for level. So I've had, I think eight of those so far. It's like the expected response of people, you know, overall seem impressed with the product and very, you know, interested in trying it out. You know, nobody like, oh my gosh, yes, I'm going to switch my team of 100 to this tomorrow. Here's my money. Take it, you know, but that's to be expected that it's going to be kind of a slow build. So, you know, overall, I feel I'm feeling positive about it. But yeah, it's it's I've had, you know, definitely a broken up week more than I have in the past few months, you know, where like I'm having to set aside time to do these calls. And that definitely, you know, eats into my eats into my productive time a little bit. So kind of balancing that. Yeah, calls are a little bit brutal where just they really sap the the energy like i find them tiring to do and like i kind of dread all of them even though i know they're going to be okay like they're not it's not like they're so bad when i actually do them but i'm like oh man i have three calls today like or four or five it's like wow yeah it's a lot yeah for me like i've noticed now that i'm on just did call number eight it's it's always fun like working out the kinks of a demo and i tried you know i practiced it talked about this last time practiced it with some people ahead of time and felt just kind of apprehensive about it and and but monday morning came and i had three calls stacked up that day and i just started doing them the first one was was a little bit you know a little bit bumpy i was in like playing around with different details like when do I actually send the invite code to the person do I do it midway through the demo so we can play in the product while I'm demoing it or do I just go me sharing my screen walking them through the whole time and kind of iterated on that enough I feel like it's I've got the demo down pretty good I'm not looking at notes anymore and um, I'm not feeling any like anxiety going into calls now about the like the process so so yeah, repetition helps yeah so how so these people have all paid uh, a bit. Yep, fifty dollars or something. Forty-eight dollars. Yep, they've all put down their deposit. So, I think I touched on this last time, but I I've gone back and forth on is the call to action like start your subscription today, right after I've given you the demo, or am I giving kind of a trial period? I kind of settled on just going with my gut on what feels most fair and reasonable. And I think in this situation, like since the person I'm talking to is obviously interested, but they often need to show it to their teams. They need to get feedback from maybe some other decision makers in the org or just some, you know, some of their lieutenants or whatever. In most cases, it's like, hey, you know, take this. Can I get a commitment for you to try it out in the next week? Oh, so-and-so is out. Okay, maybe try it next week and I'll touch base with you in the following week. And then we can kind of talk about making it more official and getting your getting your billing set up if it's working for you. So on the one hand, I wish I had a bunch of, you know, subscriptions actually started in Stripe and running, but this uh this feels like the most uh, the fairest way to go gotcha okay yeah so when you do suggest a trial are you like suggesting a length of time i'm kind of leading with a week if teams actually 
that day or the next day get started using it and get a full week's worth of use in, I feel like they should have a pretty good idea at the end of that. But, you know, if they come back to me and say, like, I don't know, we still need more time to experiment, then I'll work with people. But I think I think a week feels feels good to start with, at least. Gotcha. That sounds a, like a little short to me, honestly, for a tool that is like a big workflow change. Like I, I could see two weeks being pretty reasonable. Mm hmm. Yeah. I'm basically like, uh, try it for a week. And is it cool if I touch base with you a week from now? and find out how it's going so i mean that very very easily could lead into like yep we we need another week and that's totally fine yeah Mm -hmm. that's cool yeah i mean that's 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 sort of where i've been at where it's like i'm like let's i've been starting with two weeks and people are like oh like if we needed another week would that be okay it's like yeah it's i mean sure it's not hard and fast i don't think it matters too much yeah are you when you're when you're talking to folks are they are they trialing it or are they paying up front i've been mostly moving to trials now because for the right kind of ideal customer, it seems to be they seem to like it a good amount when they try it. And their expectation seems to be that they're going to be able to try it before they pay for it, which is pretty reasonable. Given like it's like it's kind of expensive and you pay per seat. So it's like, yeah, you should buy. My default is like a year. So it's like before you buy for your whole team for a year, did you want to try it at all? Like yeah, the answer is <laughs> pretty much yes. Yes. That's a, that's a kind of a weird ask with no... Like back when we were in pre-product days, it's like, I can't let you try it. Sorry. Like you just have to be a true believer and, and trust me. But now it's like, no, you just, I'm just not going to let you use it. So I've been, I've been offering trials to people. It's nice because I've been bumping into this thing with teams where it's like to get them to pay for things, it just slows everything down to get a credit card going and like get the authorization and approval from security and whatnot it's just like bleh. but it seems like everybody can best start using software without much work at least i had to sign one nda for somebody kind of thing but mostly they can like at least try it without too much shenanigans yeah yep so yeah yeah so i i think um you know folks i i've got some some various like instrumentation in place and it appears a, a good number of these teams are are logging in and putting the product through its paces. So that's been good. Um, I've got They're posting things and commenting yep. on things and yep. mentioning each other. Yep. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's really cool. And I think, you know, I've already, I've gotten a little bit of feedback already. Um, a few suggestions here and there of, of minor things. And it's been fun to, to ship some, some solutions to those problems in a pretty tight loop, which is always, totally. always fun. Like that was, the that was, the, those were the magical days of, of drip in the early days when we would uh we would get similar requests and we'd be like yep this is definitely something we want to add to the product it's been floating around already in our head so it's not like we're being you know totally reactive it's feasible we can knock this out in a couple hours and let's just do it and totally delight the customer so justin jackson started using the product and like last night at like nine o'clock he like dropped some feedback in the slack channel it's like hey like here's a video of me like running through and like what i'm thinking and spencer like jumped on it right away and like pushed a new build that fixed a bunch of things like by 10 o'clock or something. And it was just like, ah, oh, that's like, that's kind of amazing. Like not sustainable forever, but like right now, I feel like that's, it's such a nice, that's, that's one of the things we can offer at the moment, right? Is like that really fast iteration speed. And he was right. Like it was like the things he was pointing out are like, yep, that's dumb. We, we know that's dumb. We've been meaning to fix that. Let's just use this as an excuse to, to crank it out right now. I'm super psyched to hear people are using it. Like changing that behavior is hard. So that's, that's great that they're in there doing stuff. 
Yeah. You know, it's it's kind of like varying degrees of use. Like I, I feel like one team is I'm seeing a lot of activity. So that's good. Others, it, it appears to be more experimental for them. I don't know what their balance is of between, you know, Slack and, and level right now. But I do feel like the barrier is really high for someone to even just use it in any kind of meaningful capacity. So to, to see a few doing that is is a good sign for me. And they've been, they're like inviting teammates mm-hmm. and getting them in there, too. Yeah. Yep. So that seems like a really good sign. Yeah, totally. So I, I'm encouraged, you know. Did you have any big surprises during the onboarding calls? So one surprise that like is a good thing. So I was super freaked out about is everyone going to want be demanding like a mobile client out the gate, like a native mobile client. To my pleasant surprise, like the conversation around mobile hasn't come up a ton yet. Some people have expressed that like, yeah, it'd be nice to have a mobile app eventually, but it actually might kind of be like a feature of the product right now that to help people kind of get off of that pattern of immediacy. Like, yeah, maybe it's just not that big of a deal that they can't get push notifications on mobile right now because let's be let's be real most stuff's not urgent anyways so i don't know like some people just kind of shrugged it off and like yeah it may be it may prove to be a bigger deal than i'm thinking right now but i don't know it doesn't seem doesn't seem like a huge deal yeah it's not a bug it's a feature yeah i know i mean geez you should write a a big manifesto about why mobile (laughs) apps are dumb and you're never going to make one (laughs) i know i just link them to that yeah i remember with drip we got to kind of piggyback off of the the idea that like plain text emails convert better than highly designed ones, which is true and also happened to be really good for the engineering side because like who wants to build a big visual email builder? So for the longest time, it was like, yep, this is both best practice and we were really happy from the product development side about this. That's so, the best. Yeah. yeah. This isn't quite the same, but a similar thing happened to me and I tweeted about this. So you might know what I'm going to say, but uh, somebody gave us some feedback saying like, I love that like there's just like a list of people and I can be on their their computer with like one click. And like the, the, the actual just like friends list is a big benefit to me. And I was like, oh yeah, that is good. Like I, that was like a decision that we had made so far back and like had, hadn't even been thinking like, hey, what benefits does this decision bring to people? And so it's just so nice to see it with like someone's like fresh perspective. Yeah, that was that was really cool because to me when I saw that, I was like, this is just the power of customer development and you really just have no idea where the most valuable points are going to come up until you until you get it in front of people and get people using so true um yep yeah and and i keep having my i keep being surprised like i did a demo with somebody uh yesterday and we like ran into like three obvious bugs and i was like oh sorry like can you restart the app or like uh oops yeah that's that's our fault like oh it crashed yeah let's just restart the call again and it was just like my impression was just like, yeah, this thing is, we still got a lot of things to, to work out. And he was like, yeah, no, this seems really good. I'd love to try it. Like, can we start a trial next week? And I was like, this app? Like, mine? <laughs> wait, my, wait, are you sure we're talking about the same like, thing? <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it's, I, people are pretty forgiving. Mm-hmm. And this yeah. is a point that Jonathan, that person whose like feedback I tweeted, made to me privately afterwards was, because he has, he runs his own app. And he says, when people experience a product and it needs some work but you are clearly responsive and trying to make it better they are willing to overlook a lot of things like if they get that impression that you don't care and it's kind of not really maintained or you don't respond to their feedback sure like that's going to be a deal breaker but if you're like like i'm on the call with them like ah yeah sorry about that we we know that's a problem we're trying to figure it out it's something to do with this and that it probably helps as we said that they're developers like they get it 
like, hey, this thing has been in the wild for three weeks. We're still shaking out a lot of, of the problems. But, you know, a couple months from now, we, we might be pretty solid. This is the thing I was t- like scared about launching. It was like, yeah, but there's bugs and like it's not as fast as we want it and like all those things. And like, people are just kind of like, oh, no, yeah, that's cool. It's, it's like slightly better than what I have in certain ways. And I like this about it. And this design is nicer than this other design. So I like this. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. One of the reactions I got was like, you know, obviously the, the product is intentionally designed to be pretty minimalist. I don't want it to hurt your eyes when you're if you're spending a lot of time in this thing on any given day. So there's a lot of white space and things kind of room to breathe. And it's kind of the opposite of the Slack experience where everything's kind of jam packed together and lines are super like if you make your window really big, then you're reading text all the way across your monitor. And it's like it's a different experience. You know, one some just r- lines that people say like, oh, yeah, this is a, this is a breath of fresh air compared to Slack. Like this is just yeah, this just feels good. Those less tangible things. If you're just purely focused on the utilitarian features that this thing needs to satisfy but you're not also paying attention to like does it feel good you know all those all those little things kind of add up too so and you as the creator have lost that sense i feel like when you load up the app you're not like oh man i did a nice job on this page this is really clean you're like i gotta add this and change this and there's a bug yeah my biggest issue this is this has happened with every app i've designed I look at the screens so much, I get tired of them. It's kind of like listening to the same song over and over again. It just, I start to get really sick of a lot of designs. And for me, like the sign of a good design is when I can continue to look at it forever and not just hate it, but like be okay with it. (laughs) You know, and certain things just like, man, that icon really is really nagging me now. Every time I see it, I can't stand it. So I have to change it. And so I will occasionally go in and just make do like a couple hours of polish and refinement just so that I don't hate looking at the UI. <laughs> but uh, well, congrats on that early positive science. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. That's cool. So you want to talk about um, habits for hackers? Uh, yeah, let's hear I that. I got some let's... stuff going down. Yeah, it's going. It's going okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the bidding is going on right now. If you are not aware, like I'm running a course next uh, starting next week actually that's a month long and rather than set a price i was like let's try an auction model and the auction model is take everybody's bid i was originally going to do 100 spots whatever the 100th highest bid is is what the price is and everyone that paid a bid that or more gets in so i tried try this model sent out the emails didn't really do that much marketing for the course there's like 800 something people on the mailing list so it's like that's a pretty good size uh, but not a ton and so i sent the email being like all right here's the deal it's let's go in and sent it to Adam. And he was like, mm, you have 800 people on the list and you're trying to fill 100 spots. A 12% conversion rate would be pretty amazing. And also with this auction model, since the lowest thing in the top 100 like, is, the, is the bid, if you get like 90 bids, the price is the lowest bid. And I was like, wow, that is a great point. And I'm pretty dumb. And why did I not get you to read this before I sent it out? Well, it's funny. I, I, I read the email too. And uh, I, I didn't pick up on those that ratio you know it just didn't even strike me when i read it yeah and to be clear i I do blame you for this this is definitely your fault (laughs) (laughs) yeah well you can add me to the list of people who didn't didn't catch it so (laughs) yeah you're right exactly so um so i was like okay well let me walk this back a little bit for the actual email that said okay the bidding has started uh, i said hey like i just basically laid out what i just told you it was like i was dumb i talked to adam he made a great point i don't want to do a dumb thing so i'm going to drop the number of spots to 40 and I think that's a more reasonable expectation. 
One guy, by the way, was real mad at me for the record. <laughs> Everybody was basically fine with it. Everyone's like, totally get it. And I was like, I was apologetic. I was like, that was dumb. I did a dumb thing. Uh, sorry, I'll try to not do more dumb things. Uh, and like everyone was basically like, yeah, sure. Don't don't beat yourself up about it. And then one person was just like. Right. And granted, this person has not paid you any money for any good or service yet. This was purely a revision of a pre of a pre email. <laughs> So, yeah exactly okay, uh, okay. let's let's give him no more airtime i think you know what so here's the thing I, I think he was having a bad day i've written emails like this person wrote when i was mad about something else and like didn't get enough sleep and i saw something that pissed me off and i was like mm, i'm gonna take it out on this person so like i i bet that's what happened to him and i'm not gonna worry about it anyway everybody else seemed pretty cool with it the bids have been coming in i have not built i, I haven't compiled the list of all of them to know like what is the 40th highest bid right now but it might not be that high. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, so we'll see. Like, it, it doesn't close until tomorrow morning. Um, but uh, I'm the thing is, like, dropping the number of slots also drops the thing that you multiply the number by. And so it's like, I may end up in a situation where it's like, I'm looking at running a month-long course for, like, not that much money. And so I'm kind of torn on what to do. Like, it really depends on what the, the final number looks like it is. But like, I'm not going to pretend this course wouldn't be, it's not going to be a bit of a distraction for me. And it's kind of a, a month long distraction. And so if like the number doesn't look like that much, it's kind of like, do I have to do it? Or could I just not do it? Like how much, honest, honest feedback, like how much of like a dick move do you think it would be for me to just be like, sorry, not going to do it? I mean... You might get a few more of those, those, you know, like the one guy, but, but on the other hand, no one, this has not cost anybody anything. It's just been a few, a, a few minutes of their attention and a little bit of time for them to fire off an email to you with a bid. So, I mean, to close, to effectively say the auction is reversed, <laughs> yeah. uh, you get a, a theoretical refund of your theoretical dollars. <laughs> um, to me, that doesn't seem I mean, and I think it's just an opportunity for you to be authentic with like you have been in your in your previous email. I, I don't know. I don't I don't think it's that big of a deal. I okay, that's interesting. I, I sort of agree with that. That was kind of my sense too. Like I feel like a lot of these people on this list are people that have known me for a long time and they've seen me screw up before and like they're gonna see it in the future. And I think if you're yeah, like I think they'll be pretty okay with it if that's if that is what ends up happening. Yeah. Well it's like, hey, I you know you know me, I'm Ben, I'm running a startup. It appears based on the, the what the market has said that there's not sufficient demand for this to be worth it to run. So I'm not going to run it right now. And maybe it'll come back in a different form later on. That's really good phrasing. I like that a lot. Yeah. And and true. Yeah. I mean, it's just the it's truth just of it. Spin. Yeah, that's good. And, and honestly, every day, Tuple gains a little bit of steam. So it's like we're not making nearly enough money to pay our rent or anything. We're signing up more and more trials and we are getting, we do have revenue coming in the door. We did $1,400 in sales this week. That's real money. And so it's like, maybe I don't even need the income from this course. Like the, the point of the course was to ex extend my runway, but like maybe I'm, we might be able to just make it there. So the course is looking less lucrative and the alternatives are looking less bad. So it's like, mm, there's quite a confluence here. And I feel a little bit, crazed right now because there isn't enough stuff happening and some of that's just on me like i just need to prioritize better and build some support stuff for myself but it's like the thing that i really care about is going well why do i want to take my eye off the ball for it in this crucial moment mm -hmm. yeah i mean just trying to put myself in your shoes like i 
I mean, there, there are plenty of people who do side things or, or do the consulting while getting a SaaS off the ground or whatever, like, you know, a lot of different ways people approach this. But I know for me, I would have I've done the nights and weekends thing with the SaaS. It's really hard. And even now trying to imagine having another thing pulling my attention, like it, it's tough, you know, it's so I think it's not a bad call for you if you can afford to to maybe hold off adding to the runway right now uh, might be a good sanity move. <laughs> I could. Mm-hmm. It's it's doable. So I'm honestly leaving that way. Like, we'll see. Maybe there'll be a flurry of last minute things. And I'll be like, ooh, that could be, that's a nice chunk of change. And, you know, like, it's focusing on something that would be good for me anyway. It's like, okay, if I just am doing habits reliably with other people, and it's it's almost a good distraction. So uh, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. But thanks for your feedback on that. Yeah, you bet. I mean, it's this was an experiment from from the get go, so I think it you've, was. Yeah, you've learned something, you know. And people were like, "This is kind of risky." I'm like, "Yeah, but it'll be interesting." <laughs> like I, I, I sometimes like to optimize for just you know learning new stuff, like do a do a, a breadth first search on reality for mm-hmm. for coolness. Yeah. So, can you say? Are you comfortable saying how many bids you've gotten? Like, uh, I don't actually know. Let me. Okay. I mean, I can glance at it. I would. I would guess about forty ish. Okay. So, so right, yeah. right around what you were, where it was constrained to. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. So something in there, I misunderstood how drip worked and I sent some, sent that email to people who didn't want it, which was kind of a bummer. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Just a segmentation. Yeah. It's just a segmentation thing. It was, it was my fault where it's just like, I'd have people tagged as having signed up to hear about habits for hackers. And then some people, but I also made a campaign that was like, had the information for it. And so some people unsubscribed from that campaign, but they want to stay on my list. But I sent the broadcast to everyone with the tag. And so it's like, oops, sorry. So somebody emailed me, but he was really nice about it. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I screwed up. I didn't know how it worked. And he was like, oh, yeah, no problem. Authentic apologies and admission of guilt seems, <laughs> it seems to be. I'm going I'm to have to get really good at that because I screw up all the time. So mm-hmm. hopefully mm-hmm. I can retain the skill. Yeah, let's face it. It wasn't that big of a crime that you committed with your... <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't buy it from someone else and then just spam no. them or something. No. Um. So I want to get your thoughts on something. Yeah, sure. Because you've been through this with Drip, um, which is... We're faced kind of with a, an interesting question here, which is between slowing growth down a little bit or allowing it to speed up. Basically, I've been doing onboarding calls with almost everyone we brought into the app. But a company signed up and was like, hey, can we have a trial? We're really interested. We're evaluating you and one other product. Like, we're going to decide on one and buy it for everybody. And it's going to be like 40 people. I'm like, yeah, we want to be in on this. But now, like, they want to have like 18 people try it. I probably can't or shouldn't schedule 18, 20 ish minute onboarding calls. That's just like ridiculous. And so it feels like, okay, we should build some infrastructure so I can onboard people in a scalable way. But also, like, I feel like there's a lot of goodwill to be gained and, like, rapport to be generated when I actually do get on calls with people. And, and, like, I think you're more willing to overlook the bugs and whatnot when it's like, okay, I talked to Ben. He said he knows that part needs some work. I understand. He's a real human. I feel better about it. One option is to just, like, don't take on as many new people and like be more selective about who we give a trial to basically so we're starting to like kind of open the the valve a bit and it's like when people look like they're a good fit i'm like hey let's get you a trial Uh, and we could just be like you know we could raise the bar on that basically and then i could continue to have a lot of contact with everybody or i can do things like building out an onboarding sequence recording some videos that have you know like teach people how to use the product in a more scalable way Mm -hmm. yeah 
Yeah, I'm trying to think back, like kind of what that looked like specifically for Drip. There was a pretty long stretch of time where, you know, it was a lot of pre-open access signups where we did kind of invite-only demos. Rob Rob did a lot of that, you know, the high-touch um, demoing it to folks and stuff. But how, how long was that period? Do you remember? I, I If I recall, like we started doing that super early in the development process. So like, I want to say around March and then that was like really early. So we had a bunch of stuff that we had to go back and kind of build. And then I think he did more a few months later and, and kind of then started inviting in, um, started doing the rolling launch. So it would be like, invite a chunk of people. Now it sounds like you have people kind of beating down your door <laughs> to, to get in okay, urgently, yeah. you know? Um, yep. Which I mean, we certainly had our, our list and the people interested, but I think we were, we just kind of started working through that list, sending like to a couple hundred people an invite at that point. I feel like there was there was like a de- like Rob wasn't demoing all these people. He was um, he had a video recorded that kind of demoed the product, walked through it, and people would get that. And then once like we felt like the churn was not crazy and people were actually like things were working, then we opened up to the public launch. And that was in November, I think. And then it went self serve. So that was the experience with Drip. But every product is different, you know. So yeah, yeah. Our product is not that complicated. Mm-hmm. Right. Like the idea is that it mostly gets out of your way and you're just working like you would be. And so there are a couple features and like best practices that are good to know and that are like will help you to be more likely to get success. I think we're fairly amenable to like a lower touch onboarding mm-hmm. experience. I think so too. I would agree with that. Like level, I think, is gonna be will will definitely benefit from a higher touch onboarding. And once I get this demo, you know, really resonating every time I deliver it, then I'm going to record it and send the recording to people, but it still helps to to deliver it when there's complex flows to talk about. It helps to deliver it in person because then people can interject at different points and ask questions. And, you know, I feel like with Tuple, it's less, it's more straightforward to explain. Hmm. So, yeah. okay. I think I'm, I mean, that was kind of the direction I'm leaning anyway. Like I, it's like, we have hot leads. Do we want to tell them no? Or do we want to tell them yes? It's like, we should probably tell them yes, if we can, if we can do a good job and yeah. As long as you feel like the product is stable enough to where when, you, when you're just getting kind of less initiated people who have heard about Tuple and want to try it out and compare it to something else, like, is it at the place where it, it will sell itself well on its own without you being there to, to soften the blow of like, oh, yeah, we're working on that thing like that? Yeah, you know, we're somewhere in the middle, maybe. Right. It's so hard guess, to know. You may not lose your opportunity with them if you hold them off just a little while longer while you kind of solidify some things. But yeah, that, that yeah, that's another question that it like is sort of in our heads is like, do we want to let our best leads try it while it's in this new state where like, a month or two from now it might be better? Uh, and so it's hard to say. It is. I yeah, like because because it's great to get feedback from people that would be good customers. We've we've been leaning towards like let let people do it side and so like next week a customer is starting that i would say is like in our top 10 ideal most customers list and it's like yeah let's try it because if they don't end up converting a they're big enough that like some other team will try us eventually probably right like this isn't our only entry point into the company and b if they don't convert we can find out why like where are we not good enough because those are the people that we want to improve the app for anyway so it's like, tell us where we're, we're falling down. And that way, like the next time we get one of your like interest from another person in your company will be even better. 
it's hard to improve the product without that feedback. It's hard to know what to focus on. Our, our development has been so much uh, easier to prioritize lately because it's like everyone is saying X and Y. Do we want to do X first or Y first? It's just like, it's pretty clear. Yeah. It's like in these, yeah, in these early days, you have to be willing to, you're almost like spending your your first impression goodwill, you know, like, so they're potentially going to have a less optimal first impression, but in exchange, you're going to get their feedback. And, you know, it does. it is definitely not, you know, it's not like you only get one chance with everybody. That's not universally true. A lot of people will be like, oh, yeah, this there was this deal breaker, or it was not reliable enough in this situation, but come back to me when it is. And that's oftentimes the way it is. So yeah, and it might just work. And we might just get in there. And now it's like, okay, now we have a beachhead into this, this perfect customer. So it seems like it's worth the, the risk there. I think we're, we're going for it. We're gonna take some swings. And like, there's a lot of software companies. Like if we, if, if, the, if they try it and they hate it so much, they just do nothing but trash talk it. Like, all right, well, that's a bummer, but there's plenty of other software companies. Fish in the sea. That's what I try to keep reminding myself that like, you know, even if out of this cohort, like only a few convert, there's so many more out there. Like you just yeah, and more are being created every week. Yep. Like there's just thousands of people becoming developers, thousands of people going remote, using Slack, finding it annoying. Yep. These are big markets. So for sure, know. big and expanding. So yeah. Uh, the, the idea of like thinking of I think any of these is like a scarcity is probably the wrong way to think about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Hmm. All cool. right. That's good. That's good stuff. Yeah, so we got we got some stuff in the pipeline that would be real exciting. Like there's this this is one prospect right now that's trialing us they're going to decide by the end of next week it's been like a two-week pilot uh, they've, they've had a lot of the, uh, their team using it and there's the, we have like one other they're, they're trialing another product as well and i'm getting like live updates from their person like my contact there of like okay this was good and this is a little bit better but this is not so good and like and like we've, we've already pushed some stuff that they've requested which feels really good so i don't know like we might get it which would be awesome it'd be, it'd be really fun to just like close like a double digity kind of solid size team that'd be amazing yeah that'd be awesome it starts to be real money like pretty mm-hmm. fast mm-hmm. so yeah oh exciting stuff man yeah, thanks i kind of can't believe it's kind of working it's not working <laughs> yet it's not yeah. like if we kept if we stay where we are we'll die we'll run out yeah. of money yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's not like oh yeah we made it hooray uh, but it's like okay like the the graphs are pointing in the right direction and like the interest seems positive and the feedback is mostly good. I actually tried that uh, superhuman um, product market fit survey. Yeah. Did you read, you read, you read this post, right? By Rahul? I uh, believe so. Yes. Yes. It's, it's, I think the title was like building an engine for product market fit or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It basically boils down to the survey, which is like, how disappointed would you be if you had to stop using tuple? Who do you think it's best for? How can we improve the product for you? Whatnot. And I've only sent it to a small handful of people. And so like the most common answer so far is like somewhat disappointed, but we did get a couple very disappointed. So it's like they say that the rule, the, the magic number coined by Sean West is like 40% very disappointed equals product market fit has been achieved. We don't have enough results back to say where we're at, not there, I would say. Um, yeah, I figure you need a pretty, a, a decent sample size and people who have put in a certain amount of use into it right and, and a lot of work like yeah if we if we got to this kind of gold standard that fast that would be a kind of a miracle uh but it, it'll be it's gonna be interesting to, to get more people in there and get more of the feedback more results on that survey and then like, be like okay we're at x percent like how do we what can we do to get up there and and the other survey the questions on the survey help answer that 
in fact, they already uncovered some things that I did not like. One, some, one thing was like someone said, it would be nice if you had feature X. And I was like, we do have feature X. We just failed to tell you about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing was like, it'd be nice if this thing were true. And I was like, that is true. And you just think it's not true for some reason. So, whoops. How are you thinking about like that closing the loop on keeping people educated on all it can do and as you're adding new stuff? Are you thinking you're going to use email primarily or what's... what's we the- have a change log in the app but you would be forgiven for not knowing that because it's kind of tucked into a corner somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I think we're going to eventually switch the way we distribute and upgrade the app over to something like, I think it's called Sparky, which gives you one of those like pop-up, like we need to update update the app. By the way, here's what's new. That would be great. We need to do that. So I think what we should what we should do is email people. Like once I should probably be emailing anybody that's like in a trial or in the alpha, like once a week, I would say, just like, here's what's new kind of thing. Yep. Because yep. it's, it's like easy that. to not realize that the, the product is under active development and like the, the thing you asked for is now there kind of thing. So that's on me, I would say. It's one of those things that's easy to let go by the wayside because, you know, you're focusing on the demos and the new people coming through the door and, you know, they're focused on just patching things up and, and adding things that people need. But then sometimes it's like a big missed opportunity of just like making sure that everyone using it knows about all this good stuff happening too. So, yep totally yeah this is why it feels crazy to me is because it feels like there's like so many things i could and probably should be doing and they vary so much in what they are it's like how many calls a day should i do with people that are requesting trials versus checking in with the people that are giving feedback and going through current trials versus doing anything to try to encourage more future growth and marketing work and just today, Joel was like, oh, you should, I forget what it was, like some sort of marketing suggestion. And I was like, really, Joel? Like I'm wolfing my lunch down and running to the bathroom because I have a call in like five minutes that like I just got off another call. It's like, I have just like so much inbound already that it's like, it's a, it's, it's a lot. But then it's like, okay, like, should I let me be a bottleneck? Like if there's so much inbound interest that I can't handle all of it, there's an answer to that. And it's probably not just like say no to it. So I don't know, man, this is getting crazy fast. Yeah. Well, that's why you get paid the big bucks, right? Is to <laughs> there, there it is. There's the phrase. Like uh, because, you know, fi- figuring out that balance, I don't know. It just, you know, it's, you just got to work through it and figure it out. Yeah. And you too, you've got it even worse. Oh, you got to figure, geez. like balance all those things. Oh yeah. Like it's, it's so of- nice that I'm not like thinking like, how do I code this next thing? I did have a few, uh, a few envious moments this week where I'm like, Ben doesn't have to worry about writing the features and doing the calls and all that stuff so a little true, jealous <laughs> yeah i hear i, I get it yeah <sighs> yeah i'm very grateful for what i got yeah but i'm continuing to look for trying not to over engineer things and looking for the simplest you know keep it simple stupid type of solutions and one that i'm excited about that i'm going to work on today actually after this call something that's come up from several people talking about like the integrations piece in level this was another like concern of mine was that you know everyone's going to want all their tools talking to it and like i don't have any real native integrations to speak of at this point so maybe it was just going to be a flat out like no deal breaker and that didn't happen but a few people have expressed that like it, it is really important as part of our workflow for you know tool x to be you know dropping something in a channel anytime you know a, a certain significant event occurs so that you know these people on this team can respond to it right I kind of debated, like, what's the best best way to approach this? You know, obviously, Zapier is 
super nice tool, integrates with hundreds of things. And so it's kind of a no-brainer to go the Zapier route. And so I was like, I know I've built a Zapier integration before. It's It can be a little bit mind-bending, but like it's not crazy difficult to do. But then I thought about like, what if most people are just talking about the most important is going one direction, posting something into a channel, right? And I want to have kind of like the the very simple integration that doesn't require like a whole OAuth flow and like exchanging tokens and creating your own custom bots and stuff like that. I just want at a minimum to have a simple integration where you get a URL, you post a JSON payload to it, and it will drop something into a channel for you. And the nice thing is like Zapier has an action already that lets you just drop in a URL and construct a JSON payload. So this is like on the, on the scale of easy to difficult this is very easy to implement and will you know if i can convince people that just use zapier for now to get all your various tools that you need piping data in working then this could satisfy almost all these use cases you'll need to do your own key value pairs when you're constructing the thing and there's more opportunity for error but i think it's definitely like a workable v1 and we'll get totally and can can you draft like zapier actions for people and like publish them some like integrations definitely have like recommended zaps and stuff like that. So I I don't know. I should look into that. But that would be really cool if I just had some pre-made ones, you know. Right. I I could see them supporting that. That seems like the kind of thing they would. Yeah. Like a temp like a zap template or something. Yeah. Because like you're saying like if you wanted to like wire up like, okay, every time someone opens a PR, it drops a link in the channel mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yep. And so you you want to have Zapier do a like a post to an endpoint with a certain JSON payload. Yep. But that requires a little bit of munging, like, okay, make sure to put the URL here and have a key that says text or something. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they had like a template type thing. Mm-hmm. You're like, especially, and if they don't, then I bet if you emailed them and said, hey, I want to make it really easy for people to use your product even more. Right. That seems to be a thing they're interested in. Totally. Yeah. And they're very savvy. I, 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 I would almost bet money they have something like this already. I bet so. I'm going to go look at that right now after this call. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. Nice. But yeah, what, um, a, what a great invention Zapier is. Amazing. I know, right? So like, nice. Wow. What an idea and so well executed. Mm-hmm. I know. It's well done to them yeah. for sure. Yeah. I saw, speaking of things like that, I think of Zapier and Segment as kind of the same shaped object. And uh, I saw Segment ads on the public transit here in Boston on the T. Whoa. <laughs> and I was like, wow. And they have, they're positioning it as like a marketing technology stack. Uh-huh. It's like, get all your marketing data and all your tools or something. Yeah. Um, and I was like, but still, I was like, wow, I, that was like a, the uber nerdiest nerd tool. <laughs> it's like, am I in San Francisco right now? <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. like, wow, this is, this is like the deviest thing I have seen advertised on the T. That's interesting. Yeah. Fascinating. I wonder. But not to developers. Yeah. That's not who they were targeting. So. Yeah. Interesting how positioning changes over time. Oh, I know. And yeah, segment, they're one tool that, um, you know, even as a developer, I've struggled to understand, wait, what exactly are they doing? Because I know that they start out with the analytics JS and like, you know, like just one one script to aggregate all the things. But now it's like this this kind of data broker and a cent- centralization of data. But I don't know. They, they keep adding on things to their product. I'm sure they're just doing a lot of customer development and stuff. But um, yeah, I think that, yeah, it's the, the changes seem pretty savvy to me. Like I get why they're doing them and it's, it seems like they're marching up market a bit and yeah it's yeah i think it's, it seems to be going well mm-hmm. 
or not it's maybe it's a, it's a huge shit show over there <laughs> Who knows? Like I've, I've started to like feel it's like I, f- I think actually all businesses are just kind of always like chaos a little bit and you're just trying to like do your best and like everything's breaking all the time as the more like founder stories i read and the more bios i get i dig into and whatnot and like reading like Rand fishkin's book it's just like oh yeah like everyone's just kind of trying to do their best despite this like torrent of craziness that's happening yes yes um, yeah, I always do. I get this idea that like, oh, they look really successful. They must have like great processes and everyone just, just you know, things are just blissful on the engineering side. Eh, probably not. Yeah. And then sometimes you become a customer. You're like, oh, this is not as good as I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Like a, mm-hmm. Your impression of them is really good. And then you try like, eh, it's okay. It's like, oh, you've got a really good marketing team. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Uh, just trying that for that to not be us. Mm-hmm. Yep. We have, we've sold the dream. So now we have to deliver the dream. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Well, this is a long one. We should wrap. Let's wrap it. I want you to wrap the URL now. <laughs> All right. Yo, yo, yo. Art of Product <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> Show notes can be found at artofproductpodcast.com. Wow, that was good beatboxing. Thanks. Goodbye.